Peace and blessings, good people, and welcome to Father Should, a podcast on fatherhood in 20 today. I am your host, Fleming. And I'm Miss Vaughn. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I almost forgot my name there for a second. <laughs> yeah, I see. Look at the name tag, Siobhan. Yes. Right? <laughs> and so today, um, we have... Uh, to well, we have we have technically we have one guest and then we have a special and then we have a guest host is right. what we're doing on right. That's how we today. So uh our guest host is Coach K. So welcome back to Father Should. There you know. I think this is like your third appearance, sir. Like, come on now. Um, I, think I think you so. said a record. Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. Think, I think y'all like me and I think yeah. I like y'all. So keep <laughs> play together. Yeah. And and our special guest today is Coach Terry. Thank you for for joining yeah. us today. Of course. I always come to this call. See? Okay. <laughs> Love it. So, um, so please, by all means, uh, ladies first, um, Coach Terry, feel free to tell us about yourself or tell our audience about, about you and go from there. Absolutely. Uh, hey, y'all. I'm Coach Terry Hayes, and I've been coaching professionally for 18 years. I'm the co-managing director at Impact Coaching Academy, and my coaching specialties range across a couple of different uh, areas of uh, interest, including families in marital crisis, as well as some others. But I am a communication junkie and happy to talk about that. Sweet, sweet. I love it, a communication junkie. Hey, girl. All right. <laughs> that should be on a t-shirt. I'm a communication junkie. Yeah. It should be. For right. real. <laughs> Tomorrow, I am on Right, that. right. Um, and so, Coach K? Uh, I am really grateful to be here on today. I am Kenneth Mitchell. Um, I also am a certified life coach. I've been coaching professionally for 14 years. Uh, I am excited uh, to always share uh, airspace with Terry Hayes. She was my instructor. Uh, so, yeah, our relationship has morphed over the years and it's been absolutely amazing. Um, in terms of coaching, I focus on work with uh, youth and families, um, specifically in the areas of college access, leadership development. Um, I'm a talent development coach and I actually also uh, manage uh, Coach Praxis, which is a coach training organization for educators. So I am always honored to be here, here and also on the Father Should Conversation on Clubhouse. So, um, yeah, I'm excited about that. Cool, cool. Well, at this time, uh, or this in this juncture of the conversation, uh, the floor is yours, sir, because you are... Come on, sir. You are the host. And, uh, you know, so... Now, with the most. Right. Yeah, so, so now, that also means right. that... Right. And so now that also means and I don't know if Vaughn was prepared for that, but it also means that we get, we get asked questions as well. You know, so, yeah, ah. you know, I say yeah. question ready. OK, <laughs> <laughs> you say question ready. I'm sorry. You say what? 
Yeah, do you stay answering a question ready? Uh-oh. Because <laughs> we're, we're, not, we're not the host. This, this is this guest host. We chilling. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. I mean, something might flow your way. So, yeah, be, uh, it, might, it might be ready. Hold on, let's pause. No, let's pause this interview real quick. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> what you mean, what for me? Like, uh-uh. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't discuss yeah. that. Oh, Siobhan, I'll be gentle. Come along, beloved. Come no, along, no, no, no. I was going to say, honey, yo, I did not prep for this. <laughs> I did not. Yo, <laughs> had me in the corner like, I know, I just can't believe, like, mm-hmm. I'm alive. Mm-hmm. That was your last gentle, sir. Biggie also ready. That's what my big mama would say. She would say, B, well, I don't know if she said that or if the Bible says that or she pimped it from the Bible, but I just know you're supposed to. Pimped it from the Bible. Bible. You know, you know how you know how the old saint, the old saints would give you a quote. You weren't sure if it was scripture or something they made up at the kitchen table. But I think it's something that says, be y'all so ready. The way it's worded, it sounds like it might be actually in the Bible. I feel really bad that I actually said that. Uh, <laughs> and wasn't sure. Uh, bad preacher's kid. Bad preacher's kid. Can't get the thing right. Um, but as we pivot, I am uh, grateful for the opportunity. Um, and I thank you guys for trusting me um, in this responsibility. And uh, certainly um, the relationship I have with Terry is one of trust. Therefore, on that uh, that note, uh, I'm going to also say that while I have been crowned host on this evening, uh, most of these spaces are opportunities, these types of spaces are opportunities to co-create the space. So, uh I'll co-host with Terry. How about that? Uh, so we co-hosting and co-answering, I suppose, in terms of what this dialogue uh, actually looks like on uh, this episode. Kind of like breaking bread, uh, the conversation between Cornell West and Bell Hooks, uh, where we deal with the topic in the conversation, but we break bread and share in this fellowship all together. So, yeah, Siobhan, that means I'm going to break a little bread with you, too. Uh, so I think <laughs> our conversation I'm not is... I'm Our not convers- You're not hungry. Come to the I'm table and be nourished. Come to the table and be nourished. You, you, will, you will get hungry fast. <laughs> <laughs> so this conversation, um, if I remember correctly, is kind of like Amish bread. You know, we, we, we it's, it's breaking bread, but it's kind of like that. Uh, we passed it along a little bit and we all have a bit and a piece in it and we're going to bake it together uh, and share a piece with, uh, of course, with our audience in terms of what this dialogue is, is uh, like and what it turns out uh, to be on this evening. So we were kind of thinking down this line of effective communication, right? Um, and healthy communication, I think, when we were talking about the topic. And then we moved to this uh, space, and I think it's kind of morphed because life shifts a little bit too, right? Um, Where we're talking about uh, two parents in a situation, right, where there's a child involved, and the two of them are not necessarily in the best of emotional spaces or uh, they're not necessarily... Uh, supportive in terms of their relationship to each other, but they also have to, for the best interest of the child, support the needs of this child in terms of parenting together, whether we, well, no matter what we call it, whether we call it co-parenting, whether we call it, before we move to the parallel parenting space, but certainly how two people that are in some type of connected situation, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, At least long enough to bear the fruit of a child, right? Um, How we deal with effective 
uh, communication strategies and, and how we get to that space. And so, um, you know, if, if that's where we're going, Terry. I'm all in. You all in? I'm all in because, you know, we had this whole conversation about intimacy and dating when we were, when we, you and I were discussing chapter six of the Judas moment. So we talked about ghosting and we talked Mm. about emotional availability and Mm. we talked about uh, uh, showing up in ways, right, Uh, where there was honesty and integrity in terms of our dating situation. And now we're past dating. Uh, we may not have dated at all, and we've got yeah, it's true. Right? So we, <laughs> yeah, we had we was we was a good time. <laughs> we was a good time, yeah. a good we time a good or a good date or a good series of dates. But mm-hmm. little Timmy and little Becky is here, so now we got to deal with this, right? <laughs> um, little Raheem, little Khadijah, whatever it is, you know, we got going on. All right, so um, she couldn't afford for the for the Lexus. Got you, got you, got you. Okay, like, okay come on, Kanye. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, one of the things that I think um, we kind of uh, hit on before, um, especially I know we, we had this conversation in um, in the context of the, our, our weekly dialogue was uh, and I've kind of said this before that this whole thing about relationships and irrespective to whether or not it is marriage or dating or I like you, you like me, uh, friendships, they're all relationships, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and how we cultivate relationships has a lot to do with how we've been taught to and what things we own and accept um, in terms of our relationships, because we know that how we show up in one relationship is how we show up in all, right? Mm-hmm. So... Um, Wherever you yeah. go, there you are. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's it. Um, how you show up in one is how you show up in all. So if you're lying to your best friend, you're probably lying to your boo thing. Um, if you, you know, it, it, financial accountability and, all, and those relationships are still the same. Um, yeah, how we show up in one relationship is how we show up in all of them. So how do we get to this this space where we learn to be effective communicators across the board in our relationships? is I think where we are. Coach Tier, what you got for us? Yes. Well, so first of all, the whole concept of two individuals taking responsibility for forming the life of the child under regardless of whatever the circumstances were that, you know, made that happen in life. It's it's a career. It's not just a situation, Mm. right? That's not just a, a... like how are we going to do that over this issue that's a how are we going to do that for the next 22 24 whatever years um and beyond in in a lot of cases and so it's a whole different type of approach this is not healing the wound on your knee this is managing a chronic situation right this is managing like diabetes this is not a boo-boo on your knee this is something that's going to be with you and so Mm. it's about more about management and deciding strategy and deciding Uh what is our method versus Mm. we got to fix this little tiny box and so the whole framework i think is different and um 
I think that's one of the first things that gets lost. So if there's if there's tension, if there's emotional trauma, if there's resistance and, and resentment, one of the first things that goes out the window is the scope of what the purpose is. The purpose right. isn't to decide who gets, you know, little Timmy on Saturday. It's how do we manage conflict when we have opposing desires for spending time with child, right? Mm-hmm. But that's a pattern. That's not a one-off. Opposing desires in terms of spending time with the child. Or whatever what it is, of a, right? Or whatever right, it is, right. right? We just don't right. get too close up on, don't get too close up on the fights to miss the, the war, right? So yeah. to speak. Yeah. And the war, of course, would be, you know, that we're, of course, modeling. Um, first of all, we're making the decisions, right? That are that that mm-hmm. to keep our child safe, to keep our child healthy, to keep our child whole, um, to keep our child not exposed to trauma, um, to make sure they have the best educational experiences, to make sure they eat nutritional food, make sure they get rest, like all those parental things. Even though we may not be connected, um, because you know it's kind of like you know, we ain't in love or we ain't in like no more, you and I, but we still got responsibility to nurture this life, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so as we move yeah, yeah, to yeah. that, mm-hmm. yeah, we move to that. Um, I, think that's, I think that's what gets lost so much into this. It's like, we, we have a responsibility to nurture this. Yeah. Life. Like, oh, I like that. I'm writing that down. I write that down. Okay, go ahead. Right. Yeah, I'm write that down. Well, and but something else. The, something I, else you said. Go ahead. Go ahead, Terry. Well, no, something else you said too, which is it is we're not. You know, we have it. We teach. Well, what we are teaching, or, or you know, responsible for their education, that isn't just the the academic piece. We're teaching them how to be who they you know who to who to be right. So who to yeah. be, not just the how yeah. to be, and so. You know, are you modeling who you would want your child to grow up to be? Is that modeling? Are you modeling that? And so in this, you know, we say we're angry, we're, we're angsty, we're resentful, we're all these things. And honestly, in a lot of cases, there is trauma. There is trauma. There's trauma betrayal. There's trauma of grief over losing the life that we perceived we were going to have or the vision of the things we thought we were going to do. So we're in that situation and we're teaching them how to handle that too. We're teaching them how to handle trauma, how to handle conflict, how to handle disappointment, you know, and we can teach them, we can teach them how to handle that with wisdom and grace or with a baseball bat and a broken windshield. Yes. For the baseball bats. Stop it. See, I, knew, I, 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 I knew I need to keep my eye on you, Miss Vine. You walking around singing Jasmine Sullivan, I bust the windows out your car. Right, you right. Jasmine Sullivan, I'm singing that um, um, Get back to me because I I have the song I have the melody in my head and I cannot think of the name of the song. You know, you know, you, you, you know, you know, I'm a beast with song lyrics. Come on, now. I, I know. And in the meantime, 
And in the meantime, I'm over here thinking of, of Untouchables and Al Capone with the baseball bat. That was that was that was my head. That's but that's me. So, but I think the piece that uh, uh, Coach Terry, of course, is is uh, that I want to amplify out of what she just said is the whole thing uh, that I think a lot of uh, parents miss uh, and surrogates, parents and surrogates miss, and that is that children are learning from our example. Right. Mm. And so if we are arguing over time, uh, we're arguing over gifts, if we're arguing over decisions um, and we don't teach uh, even vicariously our young people, how two people can come together to make a decision. Right. That don't necessarily have to be romantically involved. Right. But we're your parents. And Mm -hmm. I think that's where parents have to move to. You've got to move to. The relationship has expired or it didn't or it wasn't on a solid foundation to begin with. But now our relationship is you. The relationship is the child at that point. Right. It's evolved. It didn't uh, expire. It it evolved. mm, The relationship didn't expire. There's no relationships. There's evolved relationships when it comes to Mm. having children. I like I that. dropped my pen on that. Right. No, that was that was yeah. No, I like that. Um, please, by all means, expand on that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so I think that that's part of the that's part of the illusion. The illusion is yeah. the marriage is over. It's over. There's this over piece, and now what do we get to do? And if you just throw that out the window, it's because yeah. it's not about what part of it that's over. It's what part of it are you in. Ah. So, so the, the love and lust and all those good, you know, yummy things we like to crawl all over, those things may not be accessible, but we have a relationship. There is a relationship. Yeah. And with any relationship, there's responsibility. Yeah. And yeah. so that's, that's really, I mean, that's the big piece, you know, we're talking about not being in, in love anymore or not being in like anymore. And, and I would say, obviously, and I mentioned, you know, with conversation in passing, there's some fringe pieces to this. If you've got somebody who is truly your adversary, they are out to harm you, hurt you, defame you, right? That's, that's a different type of communication that that's, that's a high risk communication. You're in jeopardy in, in some of those situations and it's different. But if you're talking like mainstream couples, right? We broke up. We're not happy with each other. You know, he's a jerk. She's a crazy person, whatever. Um, it's actually our job to try and still find ways to like each other enough to give respect yeah. because it not liking each other. Like, think about it. If you think about it mathematically, again, that's that perspective thing. we got 20 years. Let's just not like each other for 20 years and try and be good communicators. Does that right. formula even sound like it's going to work? <laughs> you know, even on this, on this, we have to like each other enough to be able to give each other that respect and, and have some, we got to be able to be able to be in the same space. The whole parallel parenting concept is I hate you so much or, you know, we are so done that we can't even yeah. be civil to each other. So let's just run two tracks, not, and not intersect. Yeah. And that's one whole set of, that's one whole set of experiences for a kid, but another set of experiences for a kid is no matter what age, another set of experiences is yeah. Mom and dad don't, 
don't live together, don't love each other, don't, that's not that part of their world, but they are, they show me what it's like to be kind. Mm. They, show they show me what, me what it's, it's like, like to be, be kind. Yeah. <clears throat> that kind of that kind of reminds me of uh, something I was actually uh, watching earlier this week, um, Terry, and that was the anatomy of trust. Um, and one of the things that I recalled um, Renee talking about was this whole concept about brave relationships. Um, and I remember her saying that, you know, we can't ask people to give us something that we don't believe we're worthy of receiving. Um, uh-huh. But in essence, um, it kind of drilled down to um, I'm worthy of receiving when I trust myself above anyone else. And so I think that sometimes it's, it's 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 in the exchange um, in terms of how the relationship has has evolved. I like that. Right. Um, we still don't believe that we are worthy of having this sensible, trusting relationship with someone in the best interest of our child. Right. Um, that we have a child together, yes. but I don't necessarily trust you. So therefore, I've got to become your adversary or I've got to outsmart you or I got to do something and not. We talked about hoarding information one at one point in the in the clubhouse conversation on fatherhood. Right. But I think we move to those things because there's just a lack of trust. But trust starts with you trusting yourself. So I would say that as we model love to kids. Right. Um we also have to model and start with loving ourselves. What do you think about that? Mm-hmm. No, I'm a hundred percent on that because it's just as, it's just as damaging if you're yeah. the, and I'm going to use some loose terms. It's just as damaging if you're the bully, if you're like, I'm going to try and, you know, mess with you and be angry yeah. at you and, and go combat mode on, on my child's parent right that's what it, it's what it is this is my child's other parent i'm gonna go combat yeah. on you that's bad equally as bad is i'm gonna lay down and do nothing i'm gonna just fold at every opportunity and not stand up for my own rights my own space my own integrity my own dignity right. um, so there's you know there's opposite ends of this and neither one of them is effective or healthy Mm. Mm -hmm. so we got to have enough self-love to be in the middle to stand in the middle right i can't be like that you know that little that little giraffe toy you push the buttons on the bottom of the giraffe collapses you can't you can't be that every time the wind blows you know you got to have enough self-love and enough self-trust to say this is this may be difficult but i can handle difficult right Right. And, and right now, quite frankly, if we aren't all convinced that we can handle difficult, I don't know if we haven't been paying attention over the last 15 months. I mean, we handle difficult stuff all the time. So where yeah. we lose faith in ourselves is because we deny the obvious. Deny the obvious. Tell me more. Well, I mean, we've been through a, a crazy, crazy, crazy 15 months. We've been in a global pandemic. We've got all this right. other just tension, 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 tension. We do hard stuff at work all the time. And then we think, oh, I'm not good enough. I can't handle this. Or I, you know, or I'm, I'm so fearful that I'll be swept under by this, right? Mm-hmm. People don't, people don't avoid conversations because they think it's going to be painful. They avoid conversations because they think it's going to be devastating. 
Mm. And that is that is a misjudgment of their capacity. Right. We don't we don't think, oh, I'm going to have this uncomfortable conversation and it's going to make me a little angsty for a while. We think, oh, this is going to be miserable and and, I'm going to cry and embarrassed and I can't handle it. Right. It's the kind of undercurrent. Otherwise, we we believe more in our own capacity. Yeah, I think we tend to um, show up in ways where we feel like we need to respond to how the world is acting on us or how the environment that we live in is acting on us. Yeah, and we just yeah. respond to that, right? Um, and I think or in the same way. Say it again. Or one up it. Or one mm, right because uh-huh. that's the. That's the other tendency, which is you did X, so I got to one-up it because I can't let you win, which is the battle of being right versus being, you know, who you want to be or being kind. But got to be right. Right there, right there. So I, I, what was funny was this week, I, um, I'm in the middle of teaching a coach class, right? And one of my uh, coaches uh, or coaches in training, one of my one of my sits, um, said that her objective for this experience was that she needed to be more confrontational. She said, I don't have, she said, I'm very nurturing and I'm very supportive, but I need to be more confrontational. And so I said, there's always power in words. So when you say you want to be more confrontational, that always, that somehow puts that in this negative vein. And, you know, I said, but I want to come back to this. So we were, we went, we did some coaching demonstrations in class. And then uh, at one point after one of them, she said, just like you did that with that other counselor and training, a coach and training, I want to be able to do that. I said, that wasn't confrontation. That was direct communication and honesty. Exactly. And that's where the miss, that's where I think where the miscommunication or the misunderstanding comes in is that there are millions upon millions upon millions of people who think, and, and I'm not saying this lightly, who truly believe that if they go to somebody and that person responds like this, that little dismissive tisk and a sigh, you know, that's confrontation. They're like, oh, now, now we're at odds. And it's right. like, no, <laughs> or they say, no, I don't think that that you can do that. Or I don't think that's going to work well for you. Or I disagree with you or that doesn't make it a confrontation. It can still just be a communication. Right. And I, you know, my, my response to that, um, and I appreciated that, that, that coach for being uh, transparent in terms of her desire. She reframed her goal by the end of class that she wanted to be able to hold people accountable Right. Uh, in a meaningful way. And I was like, who? I love it. Um, but yes, that little that's tisk, very that, clear. That little tisk, that little side that we get uh, sometimes mm-hmm. when we're bringing up things in a conversation. Right. Can be a trigger. Um, and if I speak from personal For sure. experience. Yeah. So I speak from personal experience. And if I'm having a conversation with you about something you did that was a violation of boundary or. Uh, something that maybe questions some integrity issues or whatever, and I get the uh, the here we go again, right? I my 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 the old Kenneth before I became a coach, right? Before I was coach, <laughs> K, right? When I was Kenny Mitchell from the North Side. Wait right? a minute, I love you. I was gonna say, oh, I, I was gonna now, say, me, the old me, me with a hand with this. Yeah, right. Old me. So my my old thing was like, mm, what was that about? That I, like, I'm gonna get. I, I, say that again. 
the unrefined Kenneth. <laughs> okay, I'll take it, right? That 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 was I need to get with you because yeah. you dismissed something that meant something to me, right? Yeah. Um you and I think we do down. that we do that all the time in relationships, right? But my but my approach even in my last dating situation was, well, not only do we need to talk about we need to talk, but tell me what that was. Tell me what that response yeah. was, because that meant something. And sometimes I don't think we call people, uh, and it's not being confrontational, it's just saying your body is telling me something. Exactly. Your, your, your response is telling me something. Yes. Your, 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 your gestures and your breathing and your eye movements are telling me something, right? But I don't want to interpret that for you. Right. Tell me what that means. I mean, that's like mm-hmm. one of my favorite questions is, what's that thought? Be like, uh-huh. what you mean? What, what's that thought? Yeah. Either, you know, your tone change, uh, your breathing change, something. It's like, what's that thought? Oh, it was nothing. Right. No, mm-hmm. it was something. Like, no, it was. It was. Is, <laughs> what is that thought? Because that right. thought is, that thought is how you feel. And but, now... And I want to honor, and I want to honor how right. you're feeling right, right? But, not yes. only, but not only that what you're trying to do is cover up whatever that feeling is and that's not what i look like that's not going to get us to this other side we need to get to and also i think in certain situations it it force it puts people in a position to have to really articulate where mm. what they're feeling because like not everybody knows how to really do that right because maybe they've you know maybe maybe this relationship with you and even asking that question is the first time they've ever experienced that right and so like now you're placing in this you're placing me in this position to to really explain how i'm feeling when all this time i've been able to just lean on saying right i've been able to feel it right and just be like ah it's nothing or push it down and deal with it later or push it down so much and not deal with it at all and then it explodes like later on in a unhealthy way right here's the here's the here's the trigger for that it will right the indicator for that um and and i and i hear this so much in terms of the youth i work with and certainly with a family intervention well, I was all in my feelings. And I always stop because that is a common expression in my community, my cultural community, right? Mm-hmm. But certainly in the confines of the youth I work with. And so I'll say, well, tell me what exactly that feeling is. Mm-hmm. Give it a name, right? Mm-hmm. And so I do understand that we have, uh, we, we've not done a really good job of helping uh, people understand how they feel because all all emotions are valid. Every last one of them, right? But certain ones were taught like to bury that um, or to not articulate that or you want to bring that up because that makes you look weak or uh, you don't want to bring that up because that makes you look mean or bossy. Um, and certainly their gender, their gender connections with that. You know, when a, gen- when a, when a guy feels some kind of way uh, in terms of betrayal or trust or that kind of thing, that you know, it, it to articulate it means that you're weak. Um, but when a girl feels as if a young lady feels as if, you know, you should have done this and you should have done that. In other words, you know, she's holding you accountable, right, for something. Then we taught girls that 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 makes you look bossy or that makes you look, you know what I'm saying? So certainly, some absolute BS. 
Well, true. Be that yeah. what it. Yeah, but but what it does is it. Teaches I want to say people, something else, but yeah. <laughs> but it teaches it teaches young people like not to identify your feel. And some of those young people that were brought up in that first wave of that are now adults and their parents. They are parents. Um, yeah, they are parents. 100%. Yeah. And you can't tell me how you feel. You're just telling me I'm in my feelings. Well, what exactly, which feeling is that? Because we got what does all that mean? Right. right. What does that mean? Well, and, and that's the worst part, in my opinion, is that we actually give credence to um, generations of people, well-meaning, yeah. loving people. We give credence to the fact that they actually modeled a completely inaccurate system for determining so they're they basically like my grandparents taught my parents to be tea leaf readers right it's like if you see that this is what that means without asking right just take it as gospel i'm telling you if um this happens if a boy shows up and honks the horn out front it is because XYZ. He has bad upbringing. His parents don't care about him. He does not respect you. Blah, 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 blah. So if you see that, you just know that's what that is. Done. No curiosity. No no questioning the source. Like no questioning it. Now, are there times when tea leaf reading is accurate? Well, sure. You know, broken clocks to write twice a day. There's all sorts of things that can absolutely happen. But we just absolutely... (laughs) <laughs> we we have this thing where we think it's okay to assume what people's behavior indicates is in their heart or what yeah. people's behavior indicates is in their mind. And the truth is, is if I see some, and this is, this is no lie. If I see somebody doing something horrible, doesn't even matter. I know somewhere in their brain they think they either didn't have a choice or that this is their only way. Mm. Because why else would they be there? Right. True. Right. Mm. So, so it's like, we just, I mean, we don't even, even if you do something like I'm going to go, I don't know, take that baseball bat and bust some windshields there somewhere on some level, something in their head is saying, this is somehow okay. It's okay because I'm angry. It's okay because they disrespected me. It's okay because I won't get caught. It's okay. Something, something is telling them it's okay. And so that thought process is, is for maybe foreign to me, maybe completely out of my ability to even guess, but I know somewhere it's in there. So I can't possibly be that sure of my interpretation of it because I don't know their side. Yeah. Hmm. Huh. So. Now take that part. So we got to ask the other side. We got to ask the other side. And that goes back to communication. We got to be able to talk like kids did in the sandbox. Um, Because, you know, back in that sandbox, um, we learned, you know, how to build relationships and how to, um, triage them and certainly how to uh, fix them, nurture them, heal them if they were broken. Um, Yeah. And a lot of times that does not play itself out in how we build relationships now. Um, I know 
that one of the things that I've said in my work is that relationships are designed experiences. Um, but a lot of people don't know how they should go about designing that relationship. And we learned that. I, I think we get that from two things. We get that from family of origin and we get it from community of origin. You know, we learn our first relationships are with our family. So if we were told not to talk about this and not to talk about that, there are certain things that we don't necessarily feel comfortable talking about. If, um, there are certain things in the household that were off limit. How we watched our parents, we started like that. How we watched them handle conflict is how we first learned how to to handle conflict. And then we move. Absolutely. Um, into and it's also, I mean, there's a place. tremendous amount of media stuff there too, right? These days we've got just a media overload. So we're watching how people speak to each other on the internet. We're watching how people, you know, if somebody mouths up and is, is, like shaming somebody Come and they on, get up. <laughs> 26,000, you know, likes people go, Oh, well, that's how you get likes. You gotta be, you that's gotta like, have everybody that likes that bite. Yeah. You gotta have that bite too. Right. You gotta be, yeah. you gotta be able to use that same spice when you talk. So, you know, we watch television, we, we emulate our icons. We, we do all this kind of stuff, but it's all external. Right. <laughs> Yeah. At what point, at what point do we step into the conversation of who do you want to be? Who do you want to be? And I think that that actually is a foundational question that begins the communication between parents that are separated and have a child is what kind of, what kind of mother do I want to be? Right. I can only speak for myself and believe me, I have a few exes, so I could, you know, write a book on this, but uh, it's who do I want to be? Because who am I modeling for my daughter, right? Or my son or, you know, in, in these, my child in, in these situations. And I don't think that question gets asked is who do I want to be? That is not, and that should be the first question. I, I think it. I think part of why it doesn't get asked is because honestly, half the time people don't know. Like I think, you know, we we spend more time. Like you know, I've it's been a variety of people that I've ran into over the course of my 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 years, um, and people who definitely have their like they have their life mapped out. You know, I'm gonna you know finish high school this year. I'm gonna go to college. I'll be done here. I'm gonna get a job by here. You know, I want to be making X, Y, and Z amount by here. There's nothing wrong with having goals. I think that the I think part of the issue comes with the fact that no one stops to take a moment to think about what happens when it is that it don't happen that way. It doesn't happen that way. You know, like like being able to pivot, right? Being able to pivot and deal with like, okay, you know, I went out, you know, I'm hanging with, I'm hanging with the fellas, you know, we go and we do, you know, uh, well, what is it? Um, all-star weekend, right? I meet a chick at the club, you know, we do our thing. And then I get this phone call like, Hey, by the way, <laughs> you know, and it's like, okay, well, I didn't plan on that. And now it's like, you have to, you have to pivot, you know? And you're more so 
you know, I, and I can, again, just speaking from personal experience, not necessarily that I got a chick pregnant from All Star. That didn't happen. But where did this analogy come that from? That didn't happen. But, <laughs> no, but speaking from, from a factor of like, you know, that, that, that initial, um, that initial feeling when, like, I mean, I remember when it is that my son's mother said that she was pregnant. Like, I remember, like, my my first reaction wasn't like, oh, okay, great, yay. My first reaction was like, damn, really? Shit. <laughs> you know. Well, it's, it's, yeah, go ahead, Terry. It's the diff it's the difference between living planful and living purposeful. Okay. Planful. Mm-hmm. Planful means you're laying out little puzzle pieces and you're trying to to pull this picture together. Purposeful is I want to create beauty. So no matter how many puzzle pieces I have, I can still look for, you know, whatever my purpose is. Mm-hmm. And so if you're, if you've got this shift and believe me, don't, I'll break out my soapbox and jump up. Cause I think from kindergarten forward, we should be teaching communication. Right. Um, like that should absolutely be an essential human educational component is communication mm-hmm. um, because words matter. And yeah, uh, in absence of that, it falls to parents. And, uh, but, but you're talking about in particular is, is when you're very goal oriented and believe me, I love some goals. I coach for a living for crying out loud, but I mean, I love people with goals, but grow is Monday. I'm doing grow Monday. (laughs) Let's start with the goal people. Right. (laughs) Goals are good, but purpose is better. And, you know, I'm just going to, it's, you know, it's, you got to be on that purpose path. And so the purpose, what is my purpose in this? It is to show this child a good life and to to model for them who they could be. Mm. That's purpose, right? Right. My plan might be, my plan might be, we're going to, you know, spend Christmas together. But if that goes sideways and you're going to spend yeah. Christmas with somebody else's house, my purpose does not waver. Mm. True. Mm. True. Right. And that's where it is. So, uh, you know, um, and unfortunately, what you were saying earlier, Kenneth, was, you know, we learned this from our families. And so we see how our moms and dads and grannies and you know granddads and that kind of stuff, they how they handled it. And too often times we pass down this thought like, hey, they survived it. I survived it. We've survived it. My kids will survive it. But this and this goes to that that quote and I that I wanted to share. And I wish I could give it proper attribution, but I honestly cannot find who to attribute it to. And it is if you think that it is okay for others to suffer because you suffered and turned out fine, you then, in fact, did not turn out fine mm. shit yeah. and <laughs> and that drop the mic oh right there Terry. hey seriously like right like no that is what? say that again okay. for yeah, the people right. say that again for like, the people. Yeah, please repeat that one <laughs> if you think that it is okay for others to suffer because you suffered and turned out fine then in fact you did not turn out fine Mm. because you're walking with this belief that it's okay go ahead and suffer you'll get through it as opposed to 
we should probably do something about that. We yeah. become desensitized to the suffering. And then we actually take the suffering on like a badge. Like, yeah. oh, you know, my my parents were horrible and my granny grampy were horrible and I survived it. So, you know. But that's what the you'll be, you'll be strong. You'll but, be strong yeah, if we you're don't able to handle to it. Change it. But right. it's, it's, it's so many people who are walk around depressed and even sad to say, it's so many people who've taken their own life because of that analogy. Like everybody is not built the same. And because I'm not nope. built the same, you can't have this one, one fit all approach to me. Mm. Like my DNA, my makeup and everything is completely different. So what, what you survived could kill me. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, that's that's the whole. You know, we have this belief: if I if I can endure it, you can endure it too, which is just mm. craziness. Um, and and there's even a glorification of that, right? What one man can endure, another man can endure. Can endure. So, like, people use that actually as a motivational thing. Like, hey, if this person can overcome, then you can overcome. Like, it's supposed to be held up as a standard. But the reality is, is that we all interpret things so dramatically differently. I mean, there was a there was an accident where uh, it was this is legit. This is real. There's this accident where this car comes across the highway and plowed into a bus. And it was just a a god awful sad mess. And there were interviewing people and they interviewed people on the bus and they were like, this is devastating. I'm heartbroken. I don't know that I'm ever going to recover. I mean, there were just so much pain. And they also interviewed the car that was in between the, the car that came across on the bus and they got pinned but lived. And they said, I cannot believe how fortunate we are. This is the biggest gift we have ever been given. The hmm. fact that we get to walk away from this, this is going to change our lives. Come on, respect. And it's same accident, right? Same accidents, mm-hmm. totally different perspectives. Right. And so, you know, it's, we can't predict who's going to have what perspective. We can't predict if somebody's going to go to the light and say, I see the power in this, or I see the grace in this versus somebody who takes it and says, this is because I was bad, or this was because I don't deserve better, or this is because I'm being persecuted or punished, or we have no idea what's going on in people's minds. Again, it's that tea leaf reading thing, which is why communication is essential. Right. 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 It, It all circles back to like the the foundation of what is going to make this this co-parenting space work is the fact that we acknowledge that there's a higher purpose in the situation and that is the child and what is greater than you right that's what higher purpose means what is greater than you greater than me is the responsibility for this child and I have no idea what's ticking in that other person's head. And I have to assume they have no idea what's ticking in mine. And so we got to talk about it. Mm. And, and other people's hurt, you know, other, other people's hurt doesn't have to hurt you. If, if you recognize it, like, look, their experience is just their experience. And if they're mad at me, they can be mad at me. I don't have to hate me just because right now right. they do. Right. right. 
So as we as we pivot uh, just a little bit, because we know the relationships are designed experiences. <laughs> so, you know, the, the, the thing that that quote, Terry, uh, when it landed, the thing that that reminds me of, I'm going to take you back. <laughs> um, Please do. <laughs> to something you taught me um and and something you shared with me um so this is always a uh an interesting opportunity when the two of us are ever on the stage together um those things that we've not learned to love we either attract we become or we create we call that abc theory when i was a fledgling coach and you were my instructor um those things that we've not learned to love we either attract we become or we create. And so, you know, some of the lack of communication, some of the uh, I don't love me, we, we, or that I was told that I wasn't lovable, we attract that uh, in our partners, we attract that in our work relationships, we become that thing that we said we'd never be. Um, uh-huh. That one thing that you hated about your parents, uh, and we all, you know, that's it. Mm. That now that's something right there. There are things that we hate about our parents when we were kids that we never really want to honor. That I love my parent, but I hated this, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because we understand that parenting is not about perfection, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but when we have the opportunity to be parents or surrogates, right, we have to remember those things that we did not like and not perpetuate that, not be that thing, not become that, not create that same condition in the lives of the next generation, right? So what are some ways, Terry, that we can move from uh, being intentional, right? Because I believe that intentionality matters. First of all, you got to have awareness and then intentionality. You taught me that. Uh, You have awareness (laughs) and intentionality uh, around ABC theory so that we don't attract, become, or create the very thing that we do not love. So if we take a look at our childhood, our teenage life, our early adulthood, the things that we didn't like, like what are some intentional, some ideas about being intentional to not become that. And especially if our parents weren't good communicators, if relationships we saw were somewhat dysfunctional, um, and now we're in a relationship where we are building uh, an environment of safety for a child. Like, what should we be thinking about to disrupt passing on the generational curse of dysfunction in communication? Well, first, the very first thing is, is we have to have a willingness and a desire to actually do our work. Mm. Because if you're like, I don't have time for that, or it's not important, or, oh, that's all psychobabble or whatever, then you don't even think, you don't even begin to to get into it. But um, I'm going to actually reflect back as far as a, a strategy. So this is uh, borrowed from Dr. John Martini's quantum collapse process, which is, is when we are completely finding ourselves in tension with somebody, somebody who has hurt us badly, somebody who we no longer trust, somebody who we are angry and raging at is to, is to break down what are those characteristics? So we can, instead of generalizing, like, oh, they're just uh, nasty, horrible, such and such. So yeah. what, it, but what are the characteristics? Break it down, name it. You got to name it to claim it. So what is it? Well, they lie. Okay. Where do you lie? Well, they cheat. Great. Where have you cheated? 
well, they're they're mean. Great. Where are you mean? They're judgy. Where are you judgy? Because when you start to recognize that what we really hate in others, we also well, we hate in us. Yeah, we ha- we cannot continue with the same myopic perspective. We actually develop self compassion and compassion for others by recognizing. You know, if so, for example, if you say like, oh, well, I hate them because they're judgy. Well, where where have you been judging? Well, I've been judgy here. Great. What was that like for you? Right. Mm-hmm. It felt horrible or I was feeling intimidated or I was scared or I was just angry. OK, well, what do you think they were? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Suddenly it starts to stretch our perspectives. So that whole that whole collapse theory, which is you take the time to name it, take the time to say, why am I feeling so much angst against this person? Why do I want to hurt them? What is that about? Well, you know, why do I want to prove my point? Right. Right. Why am I being stubborn? Stubborn is a big one. Right. Stubborn I, is huge. I think that goes to the fact of. I think Fleming always says, um, you know, you you pointing this one finger at me, but it's what three that are pointing back yep. at you. So it's just like, um, I think the biggest thing is that we miss compassion, but not only compassion mm-hmm. for another person, but also compassion for ourselves. Because and empathy, you know, sometimes it's such a reflect. You know, you can reflect something on somebody else that has nothing to do with it. Like, so mm-hmm. you have, not only do you not have compassion for yourself, but then you can't give compassion to anybody else. But then the first thing is that, that you want compassion from everybody. Yeah. But right. like you said, someone, someone said earlier, it has to start with you first. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Love starts with you. Yeah. yeah. And doing, and doing your own work. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's the truth. It's, you've got to, you know, it's so I'm going to use another quote, right? If you don't heal what hurt you, you're going to bleed on people who didn't cut you. Including your children. Including your children. What you say now? Say that again. Hold on. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. If you don't heal what hurt you, you're going to bleed on people who didn't cut you. Mm. And, and I said, and that's including it. So your children. That's correct. That is a hundred percent Including your children. Mm. Uh, or especially ha- your children. Yeah, because that hurt, those. The, that, that whole concept that hurt people hurt people. What I've noticed, even in my work with the court, most of the time, the parents are already in pain. Like when when I'm serving as guardian Way in on, pain. on a case and it's an abuse case, it's not an issue of, it's a mean person. It's an issue of, you are in pain and you haven't learned to deal with them. You've not healed the pain. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and, you know, and that takes us to the, the, the main concept, which is because I do marital crisis work, I can tell you that there are people who from from the moment they met and started dating did not <laughs> truly like each other. <laughs> and they Wait, were I'm not sorry, what? <laughs> they did not truly like each other they felt attraction they felt connection but there was no mutual respect from i mean from date one 
and and it and it doesn't get sometimes better there are people who are i mean i've watched couples going down the aisle angry at each other pissed off about what a jerk the other one is and doing little passive aggressive things to hurt each other so the concept that that the split up of the relationship is the catalyst and suddenly suddenly they're all of a sudden not able to communicate anymore it's a, it's fa- a bunch it's of a complete yeah it's it's a complete falsehood they probably weren't communicating from day one as a matter of fact that's the, probably the biggest contributing factor to the fact that they are now here with child and separated so it and again no blame because people just don't know yeah, they don't yeah. they don't know is it is it that they don't know or is it just is it the is it I, I'm well let me let me rephrase that I believe definitely that some people just don't know I also think that it's also out of fear because it's the work it's the work in some people's heads right it's the work that you put into it and here we are right like 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 I've, like I've heard uh even some some ladies like you know like when they break up with their dude and stuff and they're like you know and then that dude goes off and ends up getting married and they were never married to that person right because they were waiting for the proposal and they're like you know what she's gonna benefit from all of the work that I put in you know mm-hmm. So, so it becomes that, that thing of like, you know, uh, just going down, like, you, you know, we're going to, we're going to stay in this, which, which kills me because a friend of mine, when he and I were having this conversation and we were talking about, about marriage, cause he was, he was going through his, his divorce and I ultimately ended up going through mine. And we were talking about the factor of, you know, a lot of people will sit there and they, and they see the out, the outside aspect and they're like, you know, but you guys look so good together and you know, you get along so well and blah, blah, blah. But I'm effing miserable. Right. Like, like, well, you know what? That that that's that we wear the mask of grins and lies. It hides our cheeks and right. shades our eyes. We know how to look good when we out in front of people. Right. But we don't know how to talk to people at home. And when exactly. we at home with each other. Exactly. So so to to Terry's point earlier, as far as like even with social media, right? Because if you look on yeah. Social media, like no one posts, no one posts their bad stuff. And the people that do post their bad stuff, we sit over here like, damn, like, why you really put that out there? Like, why is you? But you know what? Social media <laughs> is the, social media is the destruction of human connection. And and oh. and, and I remember yeah. when yeah. I remember when I was when I was working in the school district back in St. Louis. I was like thirty. That was many months ago. But I remember my superintendent kept talking about we must keep the. The, the the uh the H in technology stands for human and we must keep the human connection and blah 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 I say here she go with this right and so it, uh, what was what has been interesting is the more technologically connected we have become the less we talk to each other mm-hmm. you know yep. I, I remember the day we used to meet you meet somebody uh, at an event it's like hey what's your name hey what you like da, 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 da. well now we do that on apps right <laughs> and so or we do that in other uh, technology mediated forms where we don't have to have a conversation and then when we have it it's like okay so you know it's very short there's no depth and anytime I move to depth that makes some person the other person feel uncomfortable Right. And so when there's a crisis, when there's one river to cross or one more river to cross at a certain point, I don't have the capacity. I think Terry said this earlier. I don't have the capacity to handle 
the boundary conversation or the accountability conversation or any of these conversations about trust because I haven't built the capacity it through through this exchange, through me getting to know you, you getting to know me and us learning how to manage our relationship and learning how to communicate even when it's uncomfortable. Um, you know, and so... I mean, social media does a lot to 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 distract, I think, and disrupt um, so much so that even in, in terms of relation and I know this ain't about dating, but even in terms of dating, like I don't want to be friends on social media. I want you to get because we we learn to I infer know. things Absolutely. and interpret things Absolutely. Um, mm-hmm. from people on social media. That, so I don't want to be friends on, on, no, don't send nope. me no, fr- no friends request because nope, no we met. Nope. Right. Because I ain't got nothing to hide, but I also want you to take the energy to get to know me because I'm going to take the energy to get to know you. And so, you know, I you know, we talked about this. when We were talking about Judas, like mm-hmm. how it's so easy to just unfriend. Like I'm mad at you. I don't like I unfriend. well, that had that behavior has been taught to people. So instead of us dealing with sandbox relationships where we learned to talk about you said this and it made me angry you said this and it made me uh, uh sad or you did this and it made whatever we just unfriend we just block you in terms of the thread um um we don't call you no more um and now we got a kid and I'm mad at you. I'm gonna block you. I'm not gonna tell. And I'm block you now. Moves to you won't have visitation. Block you now is I'm not paying child support. We we we've carried over these immediate disconnects. Um, yeah. And I think we've we been carry- taught that shit by social media. Oh, I'm sorry. This is the podcast. No, no. I know we cuss <laughs> on the podcast. Yeah, I cussed a couple of times, but you know, but you, know okay. but you, you see what I'm saying? So social media has taught us. Uh, I mean, it's don't don't get me wrong. Like I I love Facebook for the fact that I got classmates. I live in a different state. All my whole tribe is someplace else, right? Right. So right. We stay connected. I'm hitting like on prom pictures because uh, we went to high school together. And now your kids going to the prom, right? right. So right. I love that piece of connectedness, but that is not communication. But that's because you're connecting, you're you're connected to people that you that you're already, already. Yeah. With, you know, so 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 from that standpoint it makes it it makes it easier. But I wanted to definitely touch on on the factor of what you mentioned as far as with social media, right? And even from a dating perspective, it's a I, I look at it as I'm I'm operating from a corporate mindset now because I'm reading your resume. This is what you provide. Yeah. I'm reading yeah. your resume, you know, and what you're and what you're saying to me is this is all this is here here are all of the here are all the good things about you and why is it I should consider hitting hitting either left or right or whatever it is depending on the app that you're on or hitting the star or whatever that that is. But it's like okay, uh-huh. cool. Uh-huh. Everything everything about you from what you're presenting kind of falls in line with with where I'm at. Okay, so cool. So so you do that and 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 then now comes the part of where now you actually have to communicate. Right. Yeah. Now now you gotta, right. 
so you know so there, there's that there's that 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 aspect and then of course like you said you know when you think about it much like much like a corporation right like you you go to you started a new job right for those of you that that you know for those of us that, that actually still work for other people you know you people that have like you know your own own entrepreneurial aspects and stuff kudos to you but when you started freedom this, is wonderful freedom exactly, is wonderful exactly freedom is wonderful. so so <laughs> working for someone and you're in that you're in that period of um, you know like okay you got three months you know some people do three months some people do six months some people do a year you know that probation period right and if and if you don't measure up in that probation period going done you know all right then and then yes and people cut it off you know stop calling ghosting as they as they as they call, call it so it's very much a it's very much a corporate mindset to the from, from my from my perspective as far as like dating now you know and when you do get to that point and then you get with someone and it's just like you know and then you actually and then a child becomes an aspect like you know you have to really take into consideration the fact that there's really not a whole not too much that you knew about the person much to to you all's point earlier because we didn't think about the right question to ask in the right. so right. yeah well you know there's a huge so there's a huge piece to this and it, and it touches absolutely everything that we've talked about and that is personal responsibility mm-hmm. um and people attribute that like very broadly but the term the very specific place i'm pointing it is we cannot take we cannot take too much responsibility for others and we have to take as much responsibility as we can for ourselves and i think that that's where the major major disconnect comes mm-hmm. because if somebody is bad to us a lot a lot of people their first thing is, is well i'm going to show you i'm going to show you i'm going to teach you i'm going to show you you can't get away with that and that gets into that adversarial um sort of uh, who's going to win thing and so that hit, that's us trying to take responsibility for schooling somebody else, for teaching them, right? Whereas if we just take our responsibility, let them have theirs. Like we just take our responsibility, which is goes back to the, who do I want to be? I'm responsible for the words that come out of my mouth. Right. You didn't make me say that. You didn't make me do that. I chose to do that. Right. I chose to say that and I bear that responsibility. But there's so many people that are like, no, no, I would never have if they had blah, blah, blah. And mm-hmm. it's like, OK, then. So you're only situationally and you're in integrity. Right. That's what I was just about to say. So you're only doing this because they did something to you and not because, you know, or how I love that people put it is that I only did that because they did that. So you're only a reactionary person now. Like, yeah. Or everything. your, your so, word to yourself right. is only good when things are good. Right. Right. <clears throat> that leads me to ask the question of like, you know, from a, from a communication standpoint, um, and this is for, for Terry and Coach K, if, you know, if you have anything to add, by all means, please do. But from a communication standpoint, how it is that, you know, people... I'm I'm having this conversation or this argument with you because I'm mad because you're not responding the way in which it is that I would respond. 
And all I'm really waiting to see is you like, you know, answer it or, you know, respond to this scenario the way that I think that you should respond to it. Mm-hmm. How do you deal with that? I think, well, the first is, is the setup. So we look at people to yeah. respond with compliance, right? We're looking, I'm not looking for your authentic response. I don't, I'm not curious about how you're feeling. I'm not curious about what you want or, or what you're thinking. I'm solely putting the burden on you to respond with compliance to what I have stated. You're either going to agree with me and I'm going to be okay with you, or you're going to disagree with me and we're going to fight. I think that what the onus then is, uh, Fleming, is that, and that we must respond and be able to give context to our response, right? And so mm-hmm. I am one that'll say, you know, will you, because this is the trigger for what you just said. Mm-hmm. You don't seem like you feel da 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 da, or you don't seem like you care, or you don't seem like, so you're interpreting my response, right? Right. And I always go right down the path of it's not that I don't care. It's that I'm handling this a little bit differently or mm-hmm. I process this a little bit differently. Or mm-hmm. one time I even admit it. You know, I think I I, th- I am so, God, thank you. I am so into honesty, right? And mm-hmm. trust. I'm honesty and trust, right? Because mm-hmm. uh, I believe that's the only way to walk in integrity. I am the one that can say, you know what? I'm not responding the way you think I should because me hearing this is new to me. Mm -hmm. I want to honor what you're saying, but I didn't know that I was giving that off. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Let me let that marinate for a little bit. Let Mm -hmm. me sit in that because what you just told me is not what I want you to perceive about me because that's not what, that's not what what my behavior means. Right. Right. Um, But, but I think you know, uh, sometimes I'm wearing the mask of grins and lies. You know, we I, I said that earlier, that good Paul Lawrence Dunbar. We, met, we wear the mask. But sometimes I'm not wearing the mask. Sometimes I'm not responding the way you think I should only because, oh, wow. Is that what, I'm not is you. That what I'm giving off? Mm-hmm. That's not mm-hmm. what I I'm wanted to give off. And I got it. You got to give me the opportunity to to work through that for me. And then I follow up with things. And I think this is, a, you know, certainly uh, if people have been paying attention, we've been dropping nuggets the whole time. Right. right. Uh, but certainly one of the good things that one is able to do is to say, can we come back? To, let me think about that. Can we come back to this? Or um, I would say, and I've said this before, all right, so I heard you when you said that. Tell me about another time when I did something like that. Because I believe that people are pattern people, right? So I got to not only look at what you picked up and what you, uh, how that offended your spirit, but I also got to look at what made me do that and why is that the energy I'm giving off, right? Because that evidently is something unspoken that I've internalized that's going on within me, right? Mm -hmm. But I'm going to ask that because I want to know. I think the common thing that we do when someone says that though is, oh, well, I don't keep track of it. No, 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 it's not about that is not, I'm not challenging your perspective. I, I'm not, I'm not fighting. Like I would say, right. I'm not fighting. Right. I want to know what are other ways that I show up like that? Because that's not what I want to give you, but evidently I am. Mm-hmm. And I need to see if that's me 
uh, or if that's just how you're taking it. But I don't know unless you're giving me a little bit more. Um, but I but I'll also say that you know if I gave you that, that's not what I meant. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's a part of owning how we show up in the relationship. Right. Um, even if it means that I think there was the. Um, this was a conversation that came up in the clubhouse conversation early in, in the days of father shit on clubhouse. Even if it means you're a kid, when your kid is saying something that you did, right? Mm-hmm. If that's not how you want to be perceived as a parent, you got to say that ain't what I meant or what you saw was not blah, 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 blah. Let mommy, let daddy, let uncle. I've had to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I said, you know what? Tell me some more about why you felt like that. Tell me some more about the words I use and how that affected you, right? Um, and then be able to say, but this is what I meant. And I meant this in love. And it may have hit you wrong, right? Or I may have said it wrong. But we got to own that piece of the communication because how you show up, we know that life is about perception. So how, how, how you perceive me is the truth and your reality, it's not what I meant, but I've got to negotiate that when you say that I grieved your spirit or that um, what I said to you in somehow, in some way, hit you in a way that wasn't, or I didn't respond the way that you thought I should, but that also means you're judging my response. Mm-hmm. Let me be me authentically, and then let me allow you to be you authentically. Yes, and when sir. we lack that authenticity, yes, sir. Yes, then we're sir. all we're both wearing masks. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yes, sir. But notice in order to even have that conversation, right? To even come from that place requires a, an understanding of the bigger picture. It really yeah. does. You have to have intentionality to want yeah. to help people communicate with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. You have to have that desire of. I want to be good with communication. I want to be own my own communication. I want to help people receive my communication, you know? And it's funny because people like, you know, when things are calm is where we should be doing our work. That's what, that's where we should be laying our foundations is when things are calm. We go in and we try and fight the good fight after the fire's already lit. And so then, then you're coming in, you know, you're coming in and you're at a three alarm fire and suddenly you want to try and back up and say, okay, hold on, let's try and get this together. And honestly, the best thing you can say when the fire's already lit is we need out of respect to us both, we need to stop right this minute and take mm-hmm. three steps back and regroup tomorrow. And it's not because we're quitting and it's not because yeah. either one of us thinks this isn't important. It's because what comes next is absolutely disrespectful and we're not going to go there. Neither one of us deserves that, right? That, so that, it's the, the hard work. The hard work is laying the foundation when you don't think there's going to be a problem. Mm -hmm. (laughs) right because you don't want to think about when you're all lovey and cuddly and things are fun and sweet you don't want to think like later on there's going to be conflict um so you you, that's the hard work is you got to prepare for this you got to lay the foundation when things are calm and then the hardest thing is that when things are not calm you've got to be able to gracefully stop yeah yeah kind of like uh sun chu in the art of war uh when he says you must plan for 
peace in times of war and you plan for war in times of peace. Uh, and to not correct. have a plan at all means that when you find yourself in either, you will lose. Yeah, you will lose because you're you literally trying to go in and turn a, turn a tide. Turn. Yeah. I mean, let's think about it. it. Does that even sound like a logical strategy? I'm going to wait till we're in a huge old dust up and then I'm going to break out my communication strategies on you. <laughs> like Shit. that is the weakest strategy ever. Like, yeah, Shit. the work actually. So the work has to be done when things are calm. So you got to find a time you're not fighting about stuff to lay That's some right. of the foundation. And, and then you also have to have your fight strategy and your fight strategy is, uh, it, and is soul ownership, right? There's um, Dr. Lee Bauckham, who I partner with uh, on some other projects. He has his uh, fight strategies and his fight strategies are regardless of what the other person does, my commitment to myself is I will not name call. Uh-huh. I will not curse, curse and scream. Uh-huh. I will not, you know, accept certain behaviors and I will shut it down hard and fast if those show up. But it is coming from a place of respect yes. because we both deserve better, you know? And so that's the, that's the, you know, when we're talking like crisis communication, when we're not getting along and there's a child involved, of course, we have to take the time to think who we want to be and how we want to show up and all those things. But we also have to have that. These are the rules I will not break. These are my rules for me that I will not break regardless of what the other person does. And I have to have a way to shut it down before it gets ugly and dirty because ugly and dirty isn't going to be good for anybody. Yeah. Sounds like that definition of accountability um, that Brene Brown talks about in the anatomy of trust when she says, I can only trust you um, if uh, you make a mistake, if you're willing to own it, apologize for it and make yep. amends. Um, I can only trust yep. you if when I make a mistake, I'm allowed to do the same. Yep. Mm. That's true. Allowed to do the same because there has to be some accountability in relationships. Um, huh. Yeah. How do I, we I communicate that, effectively when we ain't in like or in love no more? We got a little one. Yeah, I think I think honestly, it goes back to intentionality, right? Yeah. The intentionality to put in your personal work, the intentionality to lay the foundational work with the other party when things are calm and the intentionality to come up with an exit strategy when things start to get heated and ugly that you can shut it down before real damage is done. I'll add one thing to that and the courage to ask for help. Yeah. And so if you need uh, some therapy to deal with some of those monsters in your past that are impacting your now, um, if you need coaching to learn some communication strategies and some techniques to live a better life uh, above uh, just taking um, real innocently uh, some of our family of origin baggage and some of our other um, uh, betrayals into uh, your current situation and learning how to um, call your limiting beliefs a lie, you know? Um, this relationship ain't going to work. We ain't going to never be able to communicate. No, that's a limiting belief and that's a lie. But making sure that's that you lie, get a coach yeah. if you need a coach. Uh, 
Um, if you need more, something more intense than that, get what you need because there's a way out. And there's a way that certainly um, is not as draining um, and destructive. Sometimes it's doing it on your own if you don't have the tools and resources to do it effectively. Absolutely. And I'll echo that even with a, um, an additional perspective challenge. And that is, is if you check with what your belief, right, there's a, there's a million spiritual beliefs out there, but if you check about your belief of life, like we're, we're humans, we're all here on this big rock together. We're all walking each other home. I mean, life is supposed to be about connection and peace. And so if that is true, Right. If you can find your big, 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 big belief about the world and it's that we're really life is supposed to be sweet. Like I want a sweet life. Life is supposed to be sweet and loving and graceful and and we're all more alike than we are different. Then if I take that in my heart and soul as truth, then my question is, is does my current behavior serve me to that end? Hmm. So if if I am down in the mud, you know, wrestling with the pigs, I have to say, does that serve me to my highest good? And I can go all the way to the highest good is well, I'm trying to be a loving, integrous, kind person. So I need to change my zip code. I need to get out. <laughs> you know, I need to change that. And so you know, if we can take each individual person can take that on, which is the, who do I want to be? And what do I really believe about life? Like, what do I believe about life? And yeah. so I, if I, if your answer is, I believe that we should be loving and kind to each other, then it just gives you a measure. You can go does so does this serve me to get there? Does this serve me to be that? And that doesn't mean does this relationship, it means does this relationship, does this thought, does this habit, does this, whatever anything you're doing you can you can ask the question yeah does it serve me to my highest good to scream obscenities at my child's other parent no well you stated We are we are near the, the the end of uh of our time here. Um normally I would definitely ask for um you know like final words, but Lord knows both of you have definitely Honey, this whole God don't conversation <laughs> is the final word. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, if 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 to any listeners, if y'all didn't get any final words out of any bit of this whole sixty minutes, then I don't know what you was listening to. So, uh, <laughs> but uh, I want to definitely uh, thank you both, um, honestly, for taking Absolutely. The time. Absolutely. Uh, oh, of course. With us uh, this evening. This has been definitely enlightening. Um, a lot of takeaways. I know I got notes. I'm sure Vaughn got notes. I know I know. Coach K got his own set of notes. So, um, <laughs> and I'm sure Coach Terry jotted jot down some notes as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Right. Oh, you know, but definitely, um, you know, again, you two are always welcome here on Fathership uh, anytime. If you ever just, even if, you know, if you wake up one day and be like, you know what? 
I just want to talk. I just want to talk to you. Like, like you know, by all, means, by all means, we will go ahead and schedule that time and make it happen. So, <laughs> um, you know, uh, so yeah, no, definitely. But no, any 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 final statements from? We'll we'll go around and you know, um, everyone. We'll start with we'll start with Coach Terry. Well, I I mean, I honestly, I just want to kind of touch your audience for a second and say being here listening and even allowing these this into your life is admirable and i want you just to invite them to continue to do the good work with you guys so well thank you i appreciate that i appreciate that we you know we we making in the point and striving and moving forward so um and we're definitely uh you're making love <laughs> you know what that that is you know and it's funny because, I love it I love it seriously like what you said earlier it. what you said earlier as far as like you know um trying to dismantle a generational curse you know yeah. um I know for for me and even in 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 these episodes um you know one of the things that, that I said said a while ago I was like you know I wish my dad was 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 alive because I would love to have him on the show we got my mom on that was great um and you know there's just a lot of things that you know that that that, that for me I've made it a point to bring up in conversation and talk about because I'm like yo like we I I saw this growing up I don't want this to be something that my son takes on for his generation you know um at 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 all so um having having this space to 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 try to tackle that is is definitely a blessing so and thank you for helping this evening to contribute to that to to that fight so um um i i want to say that i um think that the uh, most the most fundamental human need um, is to love and to be loved. Um, mm-hmm. And I know that there are times Absolutely. that we struggle so much with loving and finding love. And I think that we build relationships seeking love. Um, we, 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 we have children that are born in love. Um, and then there are times that we are complicated and complex in demonstrating love. And so I think the one thing that um, a lot of people just said, we, we all wrestle with it, right? Maintaining equilibrium in our relationships. And so, you know, I guess my closing thought um, is that our lives succeed and fail one conversation at a time. Um, and so we've got to be able to do that heavy lifting as it relates to our work that one theorist says um, when there are violations of our boundaries, violations of accountability, um, when we don't feel safe um, and that building trust of course becomes, if you will, that nurturing ground for the children that we bring in the world. So I support the mission of Father Should. Uh, Fleming, I think that you're doing a good work. Ms. Vaughn, I know that you are uh, right there in the in the trenches, uh, making the magic happen, both in terms of the podcast conversation and in terms of Clubhouse. But giving a platform to the needs of parents is a phenomenal thing. Um, I think that when we engage in the dialogue to do the work, 
um, we can be better off in the relationships that we create. And we don't end up in places like the court where someone is now telling you what you need to do when we mm-hmm. can really demonstrate our own agency over our lives and make the decisions we need to make so that we can be healthy, happy, and whole. And that's what matters. So, you know, live free or die, baby. That's how I end. Live free or die. <laughs> Thank you for uh, inviting me and trusting me uh give voice uh, in this venue. Uh, I'm always honored to share uh, space with Coach Terry Hayes. She's the most phenomenal chick in the game. So, uh, yeah. yeah, and I, I, you know how I feel about the Fathership Podcast team. So, thank you for this opportunity. Um, I'm Coach Kenneth Mitchell, and I am glad to be here with you. And live free or die. Or die. Miss Vaughn? <laughs> um, a takeaway for me is definitely, um, well, it's two things. Um, Given a person, given um, ourselves grace, especially, you know, in a situation. Um, and then like Coach Terry said, and understanding when you're constantly doing the you, 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 like understand and really look at what role you played in that. Mm-hmm. And not always, always being the victim because it's always one victim and one villain. And it doesn't have to be like that. And I think because, again, as we talked about earlier, um, we grew up and, you know, we've always uh, been told like, oh, you have to be strong and you can deal with that. Like, that's not normal. And it's okay for us to say that's not normal and then work on fixing it. Like, that's okay. Let's make that normal. So I think we have to get, and just, people in general, whether you're in a relationship or a co-parenting situation, we have to learn how to recreate what's the best thing for us. Mm -hmm. Not the best thing for us, but the best thing for our family. And that does not, and it's okay if that doesn't look like what I grew up with. Mm -hmm. Like, and I think you know, we have to really learn to do that because, again, well, I learned this from my big mama and I learned this from my mama, but that don't mean it's right. And that don't mean it was the most effective way of doing something. It could have worked back in the 20s and the 30s, but now that we're in 2021, it doesn't. And that's, again, that's okay. But you also, you know, let's be open to do and to be different and better. So yeah, that's my takeaway. Nice. Um, your, your words make me your words make me wish I had another turn. Darn you! <laughs> <laughs> you know we can always give you one, girl. No, no we don't. No, 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 no. Don't think we're just gonna stop. No, no. Um, <laughs> you just not, got me all riled up. <laughs> um, no, but I will say that, and that's just in dealing with kind of conversation and stuff that you just have with people right. and you just kind of realize just how you know yes it is some traditional stuff that you want to keep but there's also room for stuff you, you to, need make. to let go yeah mm-hmm. and it's it's okay to let it go and i think we need to normalize letting go 
and not holding on just because you put all these years to it into it like yeah you put all your years into it and you ain't got no edges or you got this big old beer belly or you got this gray hair like so was it really worth it just to say i got the years and i think we have to not always glamorize um you know not trying to always glamorize something that's so painful like if it brings mm-hmm. you tears, if it brings you depression, if you're literally in your car and you're sitting in your car because you are dreading to go in the house, baby, that may not be a situation you need to be in. Yeah. Like, let's be honest. Right. If you're avoiding your place of solitude at all costs, yeah. of a person, like let's let's determine who's in our solitude and why do we continue to go there. Well, so, if, you're avoiding it, if you're avoiding it, it's not your solitude to begin with. If you're avoiding that's it, that's the fact. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was taught your house is your sanctuary. So you're avoiding home, like yeah, it, uh, that, that, right. exactly, right, exactly. And if you if you are avoiding home, that that is why I'm very big on you know not. Um, I went home a couple weeks ago and my nephew came in the house and he had his shoes on. And I was like, why do you have your shoes on? And he was like, what? I said, do you understand you've been out there in dirt and soil? You stepped in probably dog poop and all that other stuff. And you bringing that stuff back into your house, your place of peace where you're supposed to be, you know, rejuvenated and be able to be calm and be you. And he just looked at me and he was like, for real, T.C. Mom? I'm going to take them off. Like, geez, you you didn't have to do all of that. I was like, no, but that's what that is. Like, understand, like, your shoes, your shoes, you're bringing in all of this stuff and you're just trampling around your house that's supposed to be your place of peace. You're trampling around this house and all that stuff. Right. Like, understand, then you're going to be, like, trying to clean up, be like, oh, it's some bad juju in here. Yeah, them dirty shoes brought in that bad juju. <laughs> you but, saw, okay, you saw the preach. You saw the preach opportunity, and you. Right, I, was, I, did, I really did. But and my and it's funny because now my sister says my nephew is he drops his shoes off like right at the door, and he has his house shoes like he has like three pairs of house shoes, like one at the front door, one at the back door, and one at the bathroom. I was like, hey, then my work is done. Like I did what I needed. To do. <laughs> I was like, "You want for life?" Uh, too funny. I'm sorry, Fleming. Go ahead. Nah, um. So my takeaway uh, from tonight, and and the piece that really spoke loudest to me, um, game changer completely. Relationships evolve. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it, when, as as we're talking about this, and just from a generational aspect, and and of course me, I'm I, I get technical. So if you think if you take take a look at or or compare compare your relationship to that of the TV, you know, at one point didn't have it right mm-hmm. like you know it was it was strictly audio and then we actually moved to like visual and then it was black and white and then we moved to color and then it was big televisions and tubes and you know now it's like literally something that's almost about the size or as flat as as this computer that I'm looking at you know um relationships do evolve and you know the the intent should be to have it evolve to be better not have it evolve to be worse um so 
that was that was definitely my 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 takeaway and something for me to um to focus on you know and making sure that every every relationship that i'm in be it friendship um relationship you know even my relationship with my mother um or relatives you know to be one that is evolving Thank you for listening to our show. Make sure you visit our website at fathershould.org. Follow us at Fathershould Podcast on Facebook and Instagram and at Fathershould underscore PC on Twitter.